What's good, ladies and gentlemen? It is your man, Vivon, here tonight with another interview segment here on We Create Music TV. Tonight, I am joined by singer, songwriter, Ben Brooks Belcher. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for our guest. Ben, welcome to the show. Hey, glad to be here, Brian. Thanks for having yes, me. Yes, yes. You are welcome. Thank you for, for uh, taking the time with us tonight so I can learn more about you, our audience can learn more about you uh, and about your your music. So, yeah, before, so before we get started, there is something I'm going to do. I'm going to move you over on this screen. <laughs> I keep moving on you. Sorry. No, that's okay. You can move, but you're good. All right. Um, just want to make sure everything is copacetic and everything looks great. So, Ben, once again, welcome. Glad to have you here. Looking forward to learning more about you uh, and just the things that you that you're doing, you have done, uh, and what we can look forward forward to in the future. So, as I ask every single guest that has been on this show since we started, how did you get started in music? Yeah. So. Um... I guess around, I'm not real good with years, dates, and all that. Um, I guess that's a good thing. But <laughs> around around 10, um, I picked up the guitar. Um, I mean, first of all, my family, I come from a very musical family, if I can talk about that for a second. Um, so my dad was uh, just a natural-born entertainer um and my mom played piano so my earliest memories were uh, listening to my dad play um listening to the radio like everybody else but uh yeah my dad had this old uh harmony cremona guitar arch top which incidentally i still have it was it was in it was in terrible shape for years and it and it, it we lived in a farmhouse and it, it hung on the wall for years as a as a wall a uh, piece of wall art and uh, uh, I guess twenty years ago maybe not that long ago I had it put back together but um, back to how I started so yeah I. I I listened to my dad, and when I got old enough, my dad would show me a few chords. Uh, I always had, always, always had these this music in my head, and I, I, I just thought everybody was like that. But mm. I, I wanted to get it out of my head some way, so uh, I started out playing the harmonica, and I took the harmonica to grade school, and the, the, my grade school teacher. Uh, heard me playing during a break or something and she asked me to play for the class so that was a big deal <laughs> and uh and you know playing guitar my dad had a little uh square dance band and I eventually got to play with him and his his friends <clears throat> and I had two uncles that lived real close that were also um musicians my uncle Kenny um uh, and uh my uncle Shirley they were also entertainers 
singers, great singers. Um, so, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of room for me to be a singer in, in my family. So I concentrated on guitar. Right. Um, so, you know, I didn't have, uh, I was self-taught except for what my dad showed me. So I would, uh, try to watch people on TV, try to figure out what they were doing. I discovered Chet Atkins really early on, mm -hmm. uh, blew my mind. And, uh, I would sit in front of the record player, you know, for sometimes all day long, trying to, trying to you know, find out what he was doing. He was, mm -hmm. you know, everything. Right. Um, then the Beatles hit and my, my, my cousins, my female cousins had uh, all the Beatles records and all the Motown records. Uh, I still remember the first time I heard Percy Sledge sing, sing When a Man Loves a Woman. Mm. It just stunned me. I sat in their floor and it just like, can, I, can we play that again? Especially with those can vocals. <laughs> I, I was just, you know, and the Beatles. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Um yeah, music just affected me very deeply, and and hearing that music uh, just just did something to me. Mm. So I, I was uh, just obsessed with learning to play guitar. Right. And uh, it's been a it's been a, a lifelong uh, journey. Uh, I'm still learning. I learn every day. Mm. And. Uh, try to write something, even if it's just a little snippet of something, I'll put it on my phone. Right. <clears throat> and, um, so yeah, that's how I started. And then, um, I guess I played my first professional gig, which is you get paid. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> you know, you know, that's, that's what makes it professional, right? At that moment, when you get paid, you're like, I'm yeah. a professional. I oh, I, for that's right. I was real proud of myself. I think it was 20 bucks, you know, mm. played this outdoor party. But, um, so I, I graduated high school, fortunately, and, uh, I started working in a music store called Laundry Music Company in Charleston, West Virginia. And there was a, uh, um, the guy working there, his name was uh, Vince Lewis. And, uh, you know, jazz guys are all about jazz. They don't, they don't really respect anything else, or at least he didn't, you know, but that was cool. So I learned a lot from him. He, you know, he helped me along my way and he was very encouraging to me. Um, but I wasn't, I wasn't keen on being a jazz musician. Um, as time went on, I started playing in, in bands and, uh, you know, I, I played fingerstyle, so I play with my thumb and I've always used these, these Herco thumb picks, which yeah, made I saw it, that. yeah, so it makes it kind of tough to play, uh, single line stuff. Um, so I'd file them down <clears throat> when I started playing in bands, you know, I had to figure out a way to play like, uh, Clapton and Santana. Mm -hmm guys uh so i just adapted my style and uh 
so I started playing a lot. Um, and then uh, I had uh, my dad uh, got me a job in the coal mines. I didn't actually work in a coal mine, but okay. I, worked, right. I worked on what they called the mountaintop removal strip mining operation. So I did that for a little while and uh, had a couple of uh, accidents. Uh, mm. uh, so anyway, I, I, I got an opportunity to go on the road with the group and I did that. And that started uh, many years of just traveling like a gypsy all over the place, all over the States, all over Canada. Um, you know, in your mind, you're, you're, you're hoping that somebody will walk in and give you a record contract. You, you're going to get discovered. Um, I did get to play with a lot of different people that were, uh, uh, that I looked up to. So it was, you know, I have no regrets. It was a great experience, but I think, I think looking back, you know, it, you, you can play too much. You can play, you can't get stuck in that rut of gigging. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, when you ask me, uh, what my challenges are, I think, I think your challenge I don't want to get off track. No, no, go ahead. You're fine. But I, I think, you now this is my personal opinion, and I'm sure people are going to disagree, but because that's just our nature. Right. But, but <clears throat> I think you get uh, you get locked in to playing to gigging, uh, not only for the money, but you just feel like you know you just got to keep doing it. You don't want to give up. It's the you know, that's the, it's, you get, uh, you don't want to be labeled a quitter, but it's not quitting, take a different direction. And I, and, and I, I decided I, I was always trying to get in the studio to record, record something that I'd written. Um, I, I just love the studio. And, uh, I think that if you're gigging all the time, number one, you don't have the energy or, the, or the want to, to go in the studio mm -hmm. and, uh, and you know, if you're, 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 you're playing all the time, your, your ideas are kind of exhausted while you're gigging, you know, so you, you need, right. you need time to build up your well of ideas. So anyway, I think, mm -hmm. I think, I think that you can play too much. I heard Elton John say that in an interview recently that he thought people played too much and they didn't focus on their writing and recording. And I agree with that. And, um, yeah, that's, that's, that is important. I mean, the, I mean, when you go when you think about the art of songwriting, the ability to sit and really come up with song concepts is critically important. I mean, but that's how you're making all the all of the music. If you're continuously playing over and over and over again, the the 
I don't want to call them old songs, but the songs that you previously released and you're not generating any new ideas, new thoughts, new concepts, then it kind of gets, right? It kind of gets old and mundane uh, and it becomes habitual, right? You're stuck in that rut um, because it becomes habitual. You're like, well, I'm just going to keep gigging because that's that's what I know. And you're right. You don't have time to do to do anything else because you don't have the energy to really do it. That's so true. But, but the other, you know, the argument is, well, you, you know, I got to live, I got to make money. Um, but you have to find, an, you have to find other, other revenue sources. Right. Uh, you're going to be an artist. Um, so, and that's very tough to, it's very tough to come to that realization, but you know, if you move to Nashville, for instance, um, which I did for a period of time, that that's another story we can talk about. But um, if you move to Nashville, you find out real quick that uh, that you know you're not you're not going to be able to make a living as a gigging musician in Nashville. You got to find something to make some money. Some people, uh, I got a real good friend, Tim Buppert. I mean, he, he moved there, uh, in 97 immediately got a publishing contract. And, uh, so you could do that as a, you, you can get a, a job as a staff writer. I don't think it pays a whole lot. Um, but I guess the point I'm making is, uh, if you're going to be an artist, if you're going to be a songwriter, uh, if you're dead set on being a studio a musician, um, you might have to build some some decks or something, you know, for a while, you know. That's right. Uh, you might have to put some trim up on a house or whatever. That's right. Uh, That's right. There's you know, no shame. No shame in that. There's no shame in that. And I don't understand why people don't understand that. They think, well, if I'm doing anything else besides music, then people are going to see me as not being committed or I'm a quitter or I'm not really working hard towards it. And it's like, well, no, that's not it. It's well, you're, you're going to have to do some other things while you're still working on your music career. If you truly want to make some money. Yeah. Well, there's, 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 I, you know, there's a lot of people's going to disagree with me. The, the saying, you know, there's no plan B. Um, that's, that's great. Um, but, but a lot, a lot of us need a plan B. Mm-hmm. Not forever, but at least right. something because, uh, we don't want to be a burden on other people either. Um, um, yeah, so, no, I get it. I get it. Yeah. You know, most people have that that mindset that there is no no plan B. And I think it depends on the situation you find yourself in. You know, most people most people want to and I don't know, maybe they have that as a concept because they think that's if you have that type of story, then you're bound to be more successful. And so if you have the story that you slept on the couch and you slept in your car and you did all these different things and you struggled then, oh, you got the success, so the it was worth it. And sometimes that may not be the case. You, <laughs> like, I still yeah. work a full-time job, so. Yeah. Well, to be fair, though, uh, 
it's it's different now than it, than it was even ten years ago. Mm-hmm. So um, there were more there were more opportunities for musicians to make money, uh, especially when there was a product to sell. So we used to be able to sell a thing called you might remember records, you know, um, right. <laughs> And uh, so when you have a physical product to sell, then uh, money changes hands. It's called a business. Uh, we don't have that anymore. So um, and, and also there were there were many more places to play mm-hmm. music. Uh, any gigging musician will tell you that. And um, so it's 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 very different now. Um, there's, there's a lot of the record companies have went out of business. A lot of the studios, the studios have went away. A lot of the songwriters have went away in Nashville. Um, things are different. So everything is going online. Right. YouTube is, is probably one of our biggest, uh, avenues of success now um, i just wish it wasn't so overpopulated <laughs> oh my gosh that's the thing with youtube it's everybody's there everybody's there because it's monetized you know because it's monetized that's right if you can get your thousand and you can get your four thousand watch hours your thousand subscribers four thousand watch hours you can start monetizing your videos and growing your fan base and all that other stuff yeah trust me i know so we've had to we've had to reinvent ourselves. Mm. Uh, for me, I I, um, I had other avenues of uh, revenue and um, built a studio, started producing my own music, started my own label, and uh, so I'm doing what I from the very beginning I wanted to do, I'm just not depending on a major label right. to give me, to give me tour support or, uh, a recording budget mm-hmm. that I have to pay back. Uh, right about that. I don't, if, and if I didn't sell any records, then, you know, I owe them forever. So, <laughs> so for me, um, no, I didn't sign a major label record contract, but, uh, being the fact that there's different uh, means of success, different, uh, you know, success is subjective. So, it you is know, subjective. I've, I've supported myself and I've built a studio and I'm producing my own music and um, putting it out there, with all the millions of other releases. And, uh, and and hoping to uh to build an audience um and uh so that's the direction that i took and i'm sure it's right. you know it's- every yeah everybody's everybody's direction is 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 different everybody's journey is is different the things that they that they end up doing is different i mean i've known people who got into music and then left music and somehow some way they found themselves back in music and it was more beneficial and profitable uh and met whatever their definition of success is i'm glad you said that that 
that success is subjective because a lot of times we look out in the vast world of the music creatives and we see the ultra rich, uh, the ultra famous, you know, musicians. And we go, in order for me to be successful, I have to have what they have because that's how we define success in the music industry. And I know many people who are successful, but they don't have the super luxury car and the big giant mansions and all those blowing money away on just crazy stuff. But they're successful. They can pay their bills. They can take care of themselves. They can. They don't have to report to a job every single day. They can do exactly what they want to do with the freedom and the time that they have. And for each person, I always tell everybody, you have to define what success means to you. And if you don't, you're always going to be looking for success somewhere else and in other people and things, et cetera. Very true. Yeah. For me, Brian, I, I, you know, I, I, I watched... Um, I watched some extremely talented, brilliant uh, musicians um, just age out of the business and just keep they 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 just couldn't see any other way to be a musician but to just keep gigging relentlessly and and they became. Um, bitter because they you know they stuck with it and nothing mm -hmm. they didn't the success that they thought they deserved and they did deserve it but you know life's not fair and especially in the music business there's <laughs> as you know in atlanta there's some incredible musicians mm -hmm. out there gigging you know you can go out there and see them. I, 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 I know several of them i saw some guys last night um, I mean, just incredible musicians. Uh, so I, I didn't, for me personally, I didn't want to be the bitter guy that, Hey, almost made it. And, mm. you know, uh, uh, I didn't want to die a bitter person and be a right. burden on my family. And there just had to be, you just have to adapt and mm -hmm. reinvent and and keep moving forward don't sure. lose your don't don't lose your your uh, love well that's the other thing the love of the music kind of wanes when you're just when you're just out there hitting it so hard mm -hmm. you it, it's it's all about the business and just a just a little bit about the music at, right. at some time at some point so it, yeah it's a balance yeah. Yeah, so I didn't want to be the bitter, you know, the bitter old broke. I'm still broke. Still broke, but you know, I, I got some nice gear here. That's right. Like I'm still broke. Yeah. What? You know, I'm eating every. <laughs> you you're still eating every day. Yeah. Right? You're not you. You're not out on the street. You still control your destiny. You still have a roof over your head and are able to pay your bills and take care of yourself, you and your family, and do all those different things. Um, not on the street yet, Brian. And you trust me, you don't want to be. I've been there before, and that is not a good feeling. And so, yeah, <laughs> you know, so, so Ben, for you, I mean, we started talking about, you started talking about challenges. So for you in your career, 
what have been some of those major challenges that you face and what were some of the biggest lessons you learned from those? <sighs> well, it's hard to pick just one, but I, you know, uh, you can, you can pick however many you want. Well, uh, for instance, I got married early and, and when I started traveling, um, you know, that's not conducive to, uh, keeping a marriage. So I was, you know, I went through three divorces. Um, um, it was just impossible for me to keep a relationship. And, uh, that was, that was tough. Um, some of my wives and some of my significant other uh, relationships deserved a lot better from me, but, you know, I was determined to, determined to be a musician and I had the, there's no plan B mentality at the time. And, uh, uh, so that was a challenge. Uh, and, and like we talked about, one of the big challenges is to know, trying to figure out what to do. I mean, uh, you're getting information from so many sources and most of them was just keep doing what you're doing. You know, somebody's going to come in and discover you just keep, just keep plugging away, keep writing mm -hmm. songs. You, know, you just keep writing. You just keep writing. Okay. Well, I haven't stopped that, but, right. um, um, everybody said, well, you got to move to Nashville. So, <laughs> So I did I had, that. I had that belief too. Yeah. I had that belief. Actually, I was supposed to move. I was going to move to Nashville before I moved to Atlanta. And, and my wife and I were trying to decide where do we really want to move? Where was where was it going to be an opportunity for the both of us, for, for the kids? And we were looking at Nashville uh, because at the time we were living in St. Louis. So wasn't Nashville wasn't too far. Uh, and we said, okay, so let's go to Nashville. We started that process. I did job interviews and we started looking at uh, house hunting and it just never worked out. It just never worked out that we moved to Nashville. Uh, a couple years later, we moved to Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I, I did move to Nashville for a while. Got a, I got an apartment there. I had saved up enough money to get an apartment in Antioch, just outside mm -hmm. on Percy Priest Lake. And I had some friends uh, at the time that uh, were helping me. That's the thing about Nashville. You move there. You, everybody is just all about helping newcomers, you know. Mm -hmm. So I really felt the love when I went there. And I already had a friend that had moved there and was having success as a songwriter. And uh, so but what happened was, I don't, I don't know how much time we got, Brian, but, but it's, that's kind of a long story. Yeah. That's how keep that. yeah so, yeah. so I was getting established there. Um, some publishing houses, like some of my songs and I, I was, uh, I had interviews set up with the help of some of my friends and was making inroads there. And then I got a phone call from, uh, from somebody that I knew, uh, in Ohio that I had, uh, 
I had met earlier, who was a drummer and also a professor at the recording workshop, and his name was Tony Cottrell. And uh, I'll try to shorten it up a little bit, but but uh, so Tony invited me to be a part of a um, compilation CD and asked me if I'd like to come and record some of my songs. So I was never one to re turn down any any kind of recording opportunity. So I went and did that, and through that experience, I met Bill Halverson, who uh, was also a guest speaker there. Mm -hmm. So through that experience, uh, Bill got interested. Uh, he, he liked what I was doing, uh, liked my voice, thought it was unique, liked my songs, and um, he and Tony uh decided uh to do start recording songs with me singing them right. so we recorded i think five of my songs and bill brought in some uh, songs from nashville some publishing companies mca and some other companies mm -hmm. so then bill liked what was happening and of course he was Bill was producing these uh, demos, essentially, and uh, wanted to shop the band. So I was burnt out from the road, uh, lost my apartment in Nashville, another long story. But uh, so I was basically homeless. So I was living with Tony and his wife and writing songs up in their attic and uh, working with Bill. And uh, so Bill said, well, we need to put a band together so you guys can showcase. And uh, so we did that. And uh, I wasn't happy about going back out on the road, especially with an unrehearsed band. But we did that. And um, long story short, that's how I ended up in Atlanta. And um, we, we took up. Uh, at a place called Miss Kitty's as as a Travis Tritt and Confederate Railroad had left. Uh, they had gotten signed and, and we moved in and took over as uh, the house band at Miss Kitty's and started showcasing. And uh, we ended up breaking up and that was it for me. I had had a music business so I took a hiatus here in Atlanta and I've been here ever since. And, you know, I play music for a couple of years. I just, I just had no desire. And uh, I got a few offers from Nashville to, uh, um, to go back out with some groups that were, uh, that were touring and I, I turned them down and, uh, so I, I decided that I started getting my, my mojo back and I decided what I, I wanted to do was um, build a studio and start producing my music right. rather than trying to go back through the process of trying to get a, a label interested and relying on them for, and them telling me what I was going to release. Right. <laughs> uh, so that's what I've done. So that's that's kind of where I am now, and um, 
I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Um, but you know, you, it's it's a lot of work because people consume music so quickly now. You Very just have quickly. to crank, you got to keep cranking it out. So so quickly. I mean, I when I remember the days when we used to enjoy albums. I mean, we would yeah. sit with albums and really listen to them and dissect them and and learn yeah. from them and, and even to the point where. <clears throat> Cause here I go again talking about it, right? Everybody who watched watched the interview, because I grew up as a singer, right? I always talk about every every show, uh, so I grew up that way, and so that's what we would do. We would hear the songs, we would practice the songs, learn the lyrics, we would learn who the producers were and the songwriters and all those different things. But now today, it's like you hear a song and it's okay. What's the next one? Okay, what's the next one? And it's like, yeah. which causes you know people to now put out more and more and more and more songs. And now they're not, so it becomes very microwave. Uh, yeah. You know, back back in the day, we had the songs were 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 oven baked. Now it's it's a lot of microwave music that's being put out. And you if know, you don't catch you don't catch their attention in ten seconds, you know, you're done. That's because the average listening, the average attention of an adult is like eight seconds, and so yeah. jellyfish yeah. have a longer attention span than human. Well, according to the data. Of whoever did this 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 data test says that jellyfish have more because theirs is twelve seconds, humans is eight seconds. I'm like wow, you know. But you know, but we used to have longer attention spans. I'm I've got to be the same way. If a song doesn't if a song doesn't pique my interest in the first, yeah, I, you know, I, I'm fair. I, I give it twenty seconds. If it doesn't pique my interest in twenty seconds, then I'm on something else. Right, but. Right, I will at least give the song a, a good first listen. Really? Like that, a good first listen. But that means yep. I'm never listening to that song again, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will listen to it. Anybody's, I will listen to anything. Like I said, I'm a music aficionado. I love music. Let me hear music. But yeah. if I don't like it, I will listen to it the first time. If I don't like it, I will never listen to that song ever, ever again. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's a no way I will listen to it again if I don't like it. So, but so so Ben, you mentioned uh, starting a a, a studio, uh, and you mm -hmm. mentioned starting your own record label. Uh, mm -hmm. So, what was the motivation behind starting uh, Timberwolf Records? Well, it's uh, it, you know, it's it's first of all, it's it's it's. Uh, it's a business. So when you start a business, you give it a name, you, you, um, you treat it like a business. So it's, uh, when you release a record, um, I'm a TuneCore artist for all the folks out there doesn't, that don't know what that is. It's, uh, you create a song, um, uh, you create, a uh, a cover for the, uh, for the release and then uh, they usually want you to uh, have a name for your release or a name of your publishing company so um, like we talked about as far as my motivation um, you know it's it's it, it makes it legit it's it's a it's a validation of your of your business 
the studio. The, the studio is called the Shack, um, and and the reason I called it the Shack is I I always had I grew up in an old farmhouse that's 150 years old. My great grandfather mm. built this house, but it's really just a shack. And at one point, I was going to go uh, record in this house that I grew up in, the shack, and so that's you know I, I don't live in a shack now but that's what I decided to call the, mm-hmm. the and uh, Timberwolf Records Timberwolf is a name that uh, of a band that I had for a minute and uh, I've always liked that name some people think it's a little aggressive but mm-hmm. it, pe- people remember it right um, so that that's the motivation and um, my intent was to help other people also uh, that haven't been as fortunate as I have uh, some some you know some artists that have talent uh, I have an engineer that works here Sean Sullivan real talented guy technically and he's also a singer-songwriter very talented uh, in that area too but he comes in and um uh, and does the engineering and uh so we're sean has brought in a couple of artists uh one from nashville don't ask me their names but um so we're 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 helping other people and but i basically build it for myself but but it's good to give back right makes me right that's good that's good it, it's 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 the the, the the nature of of giving back to others even though we may have meant it for ourselves other people can take advantage can take advantage of it um i tell yeah. the story all the time that's why i started we create music was it was really for me and why i started yeah. doing doing this because because i am a music producer right most people uh didn't know that which i was like well how do you not know that you see all the equipment and the gear and all that um but they didn't know that I was that I started off as a music producer, uh, and I was really having trouble finding talent, really good talent to work with. Uh, you can always find people to work with, but finding sure. really good talent is a different thing. Uh, and so I wanted some, I wanted really good talent, uh, and I was like, well, what's the best way to do that? So I started We Create Music TV. Well, first I started We Create Music where I was really trying to just find artists and promote different artists. But it, for me, in my head, it was, it was, it was, it was selfish. It was just for me. I'm gonna find all of you to work with. So when I put out music, I got a pool of people, uh, but then it turns into something different. Uh, it turned into wanting to be a, uh, a catalyst for other, other, other music creatives, uh, and kind of give them a voice as well. So, uh, but yeah, yeah. So, so kind of the same thing as, as you starting Timberwolf and, uh, and the shack. So, yeah, I mean, I shall, I, I started it for myself too. I mean, there's no shame in that. Nope. And in the beginning, you know, some of the stuff that I released years ago from here, uh, you know, I listened to it and what we're doing now is much better, but I was learning the production side. So, mm. and I didn't have time to produce anybody else. I was, I was learning. I was learning the art of 
producing music. I mean, this, this the, recording music is totally different than playing live. It's a totally different mindset. This, yeah, I sang for years. Yeah, I play guitar. But when you play in the studio, you have to relearn to create a good recording. You have to you have to learn how to play in the studio and sing in the studio. Uh, especially if you've been singing live all your all your life and 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 just you know destroying the microphone. Right. <laughs> uh, right. You come in on these. these sensitive condenser mics you can't you can't belt like you do out nope. live so you you have to learn the art of singing and mm -hmm. art of production uh arranging music because uh, let's face it i mean i've recorded stuff that i thought was great and i go back listen to it the next day and it's <laughs> you know so right been a long it's been a long process and i'm I don't think you ever learn everything there is learn enough to to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish at the time, but you're right. always evolving in this it's always, music production business. That's right. It's always evolving. Uh, and, and it's an art, as you say. It, it, it is an art. Uh, everybody has their different yep. flair uh, when it comes to music production. Of course, we're all using different tools and things like that, So yep. and different techniques. Uh, and so, yes, it is definitely... Definitely an art, and it takes time and practice to. I don't want to even say master the art because you know when you people say, "Oh, I mastered something," that means then there's no more growth uh, or room for learning because now I'm a master at it. I've I've reached the pinnacle of of you know of growth. It's like we think about like kung fu masters. I'm the master, so there's no more for me to learn. I can now just teach people, but it's an ever evolving, ever evolving process in production. Well, even the masters. The, that we consider masters, they, they're not going to tell you they're masters because right. they know. We say they, that. Yeah, they know what they don't know. Right. And, uh, and and the same with music. You know, you the more you learn, the more you know, the, the less you know. So, That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, we, we, have, we call them masters. They don't call themselves that. So, so, so there's an album that you just released not too long ago. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the let's talk about your music. Let's talk about the album. Uh, make I want to make sure I get it correct because it's called Live at the Shack, correct? Yep. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Um, so so talk about the motivation behind behind this album uh, and and the creative process uh, for the album as well. Well. When you ask a songwriter what the what the motivation is, uh, um, you might get an answer. But in my case, uh, <laughs> they are gifts. They are gifts, and I don't know where they come from. So the process for me is that uh, for this particular project, I came down in the studio. I had nothing. I had a blank legal pad and uh, I had a couple of ideas on my phone, guitar licks that I liked. And uh, I, I came down here and um, 
it was one of those days where I just decided, well, I've got to write something. And usually that doesn't work ever. But that day I wrote Better Man. And uh, the idea that I had <clears throat> just, it just came, it came really fast. And um, I don't, you know, I, I struggle with lyrics. Musical ideas come easily for me, but um, developing a um, de developing a story, whether I make it up or whether it's uh, an emotional experience that I was going through, they don't come easily because it's hard to be totally honest, you know, throwing yourself out there too. Mm -hmm. But um, so that song came quickly, and then. Uh, I was watching the uh, I was watching the news about uh, Ukraine and that tragedy there, and uh, thinking about all the refugees. And Angeline was born. Mm -hmm. uh, I I just created a story about uh, a young couple uh, fleeing. Uh, the violence and uh that's what that song is about just getting in the car driving and um him trying to calm her down mm -hmm. uh so that's the essence of that story that's it's it's uh, a story about uh, refugees yeah okay yeah it's 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 a really angelina is really good it's on my list uh oh just to, to to talk i'm glad no i'm glad you're talking about it now because it was on my list. I wanted to know more about that song and, and the concept behind it. Um, and, and so, yeah, no, go ahead. Well, that's, that's, that, that's the essence. I, I created that story. It's not that I know somebody there. Right. Um, I do have, I do have friends that, um, that do know, uh, that have actual family there. So mm -hmm. it, it touched me deeply. Uh, that whole story continues to to be uh, terrible. Uh, you know, it makes you so thankful. And we're sitting here in Atlanta, and we, you know, virtually have to do whatever. You just have to be thankful for what you have, and um, and help people that need that need the help. Mm -hmm. But back to the song. It's it's a story that I created. Uh, from that emotion of seeing that and um, I hope people like it. I mean, I enjoy, enjoy the song and I, and I had a good time writing it. Mm -hmm. um, too much to lose. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know where that song came from. Uh, but I've been in that I've been in that situation. Right. <laughs> right. I, I like how I like how you said in the song you said um uh, I'm not going to get the I'm not going to get it 100% correct, but it was along the lines from a, a just perspective. I can't really love you because me loving you is, is too I'm going to lose way too much if I do. I got yeah. too much to lose if I love it's, you. I was like, "Oh, a, okay." It's a song about counting the cost. Mm. <laughs> you better count that cost. You know, everything has a cost. You pay a price for whatever you do. 
I've uh, I've paid I've paid out a lot. <laughs> um, Mahogany Run. That's Mahogany Run is a instrumental that I had, and I sat down and developed that. And uh, I haven't played I haven't played mandolin in years. My dad my dad was a mandolin player, okay. and when my dad passed away. He left me his 1948 Martin mandolin. Mm. So um, I uh, I started I picked it up and started practicing with it and uh, and played that on that song. Um, I recorded a little bit of mandolin uh, in the past but i haven't played much lately but i enjoy doing that and the mandolin fit that song perfectly mm-hmm. so that's that's the essence of the ep i released it um i'm working with uh i'm working with a pr agent um do you know olivia mm-hmm. olivia yep. long yep. yeah she's um i like her yeah she's uh, pretty good She's she, doing some. She will work for you. She she is. She I'm. She has impressed me, so I'm I'm really enjoying working with her. Um. So I'm on to the next project, Brian. Um. So, so wait. Got, so so wait. So before you do that, can we talk about one more song? Absolutely. You don't own absolutely. her heart. Yeah. Oh yeah. How did I forget that one? Hmm. Well, well, I'll probably get in trouble by telling this story. <laughs> so, I've got I've got some friends. Believe it or not, oh, no, uh, believe it. Uh, who will remain uh, anonymous? <laughs> will, will remain anonymous. So, uh, one of one of my friends was very interested in this other friend. And uh, uh, the object of the friend's um, interest was not reciprocated, and um, or was it was it being reciprocated? And I was observing this, and uh, I was thinking about it, and um, that song was born from that observation. The music was a gift. I, I think that's probably one of the best uh, uh, pieces of music that I've uh, written. Uh, and it just, you know, it just came. For me, the music is gifts. Uh, I don't know where it comes from. It, it, and I'm so appreciative. Uh, but. Uh, Usually my mind is a, is a is blank and void. <laughs> it's uh, I heard Paul McCartney say that in the interview this week. He you know he he was talking about um, writing a classical score, and he said a lot of people that have studied classical music, they a lot of times it's hard for them to come up with an original idea because it's just so. Uh, ingrained in their head these classical pieces and, and, mm-hmm. and a lot of times it'll be something um, that's already been written right um, 
so I don't, uh, I listen to the Beatles a lot for inspiration, but, uh, you know, I'm cognizant of not copying mm-hmm. anything from that material, but I don't know where I'm going with this, but the song I, it just came out of nowhere, Brian. Right. Uh, I was really happy with it. Yeah. 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 It was, it was a really good song. I want to make sure you didn't, we did, we talked about that one. Yeah. Uh, that, was, that was on my list. I'm glad you brought it. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, so now you say you're on to, until your next album. Yeah. Uh, two songs into it. Um, I've got two complete songs. I haven't, I've got, uh, I've got the drums recorded. I've got scratch guitar, got scratch vocals on two of the songs. The songs, um, we're going to record guitar tomorrow, Mm -hmm. uh, Sean and I. Um, I'm going to experiment with the guitar sounds. Mm. Um, Take my time and. Right. Um, yeah, of course. We've got a lot of we've got a lot of guitar amps here, um, and a lot of guitars. This is my this is my main electric guitar. This is a a, a Nash T fifty two with Lawler pickups. It's a it, it's just an incredible guitar. It looks it looks terrible, but um, it you know it, it doing a session it always wins. It's just, right. uh, it's just got the vibe. It's got mm-hmm. the mojo. But amps, amps are a little different animal. You know, I've got, I've got, um, I've got uh, three Vox amps. I love Vox amps. And I've got a Vox Marshall. Good amps. Yeah, got a Marshall four twelve or two twelve cabinet now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, a couple of Fender amps. But I just love the sound of the Vox amps, and I, that's what I've re- recorded with mostly. Um, so yeah, I, I I haven't I don't know what I'm going to call the next project. Um, is, is this uh, going to be is this going to be the sixth the sixth album? Actually, I think it's seven plus okay. plus uh, you know half a dozen maybe a dozen singles that i've released so okay so, uh, so so let me ask you this so for you what has been what has been your biggest lesson going into this seventh album uh biggest lesson well they're all lessons but um not overproducing um when i first started this uh music production journey prior to that i would have someone like bill telling me you know don't do that or we're not going to do that if i wanted to add layer guitars or put five acoustic pads on on the the song i mean you know bill Bill was uh, very direct. <laughs> if he didn't like something, he and uh, this was Bill Halverson, by the way. Mm-hmm. So um, Bill would, uh, boy, if he gave you a compliment, it was like, 
wow. Mm. He told me one time, so, well, you got a pretty good guitar lead going there. It's like, really? Uh, but but anyway i I think especially with uh with the dolls that we have uh available and unlimited tracks it's very easy to um it's very easy to overproduce overthink it so now what we do I, i try to get uh i try to get the main whether it's an acoustic or whether it's an electric guitar, get that recorded as good, flesh it out as good as you can. Um, and don't overlayer things. Try, I try to record things that I can play live. Um, right. A lot of my stuff has got so much, so much in it that it'd be tough to reproduce, but that's where my head's at is to, especially for this next project is to uh, produce a project that's easily reproduced. Right. Yeah. And the song, no, go ahead. The the songs have to carry it. I Mm -hmm. mean, the song, the song is king. So if you've got to add three or four or five guitars and keys and background vocals and, you know, all this stuff to, to try to sell it, then maybe you need to go back and look at the song. So um, that's what I've I've tried to be as hard a critic for myself and ask and, and bring as many objective opinions in as possible because uh, you can get inside your head on this stuff yes, too much. Yeah, I, I think I think that's great that. Um, and, and that, that was a struggle for me too in the beginning because I wanted to put so much stuff in my song. I was like, oh, here's space. Oh, I want to fill that space with something. Uh, this particular sound or this. And I had to learn to not overproduce the record myself uh, and leave room for, in this case, you, like the artist, making sure that, because the voice is an instrument as well. And that voice needs to have a place within that song also. And if you put yeah. too much in it, like, look, look at this. I got a whole orchestra in here and it's, every it just becomes it just becomes too much uh and so i i think i think that's important to learn to not overproduce um, i know many producers who, who want to overproduce everything it's like hey we just slow down take some of that out you're putting you're putting way too much stuff in i want to put cat paws in here cat paw sounds and i'm like no slow down that's yeah, <laughs> yeah. way too much yeah. You want you want to make space. Mm-hmm. You want to make space. That's right. Space space is important. Space yeah. and emotion. So if 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 the song doesn't move you, it's not going to move anybody else. That's right. And you know, I, that's that's one thing that I I'm, I try to emphasize when I'm when I'm talking is uh, you know from the very beginning the emotion that I felt from listening to the music mm-hmm. was powerful. So I still had those feelings. And if I write something that, that, that makes me feel something, then uh, I, I'm hoping that it, it creates that with the, with a, an, another listener. Right. And 
if it doesn't do anything, I mean, it's got to do something mm-hmm. um, or, or it's not worth doing. You're, right. you're just wasting your time. Uh, I agree with that. You know, I, I think of music uh, as, as like a story. Uh, so, so, you know, when, when uh, writers are writing stories, they're following that three act structure. Right. And so, you know, you, you're kind of introducing us to the, who your character is and then the, the, and in the very first part of the song and then in the uh, other part of the song, you know, they're going through whatever trial and tribulation they may be going through. And then, and at the end they're victorious or they overcame or they learned their lesson or whatever it was. Um, but I like taking people on that type of journey so that, yeah. it, so that it feels like they're part of the story and they can follow along with it. Most days I can't even follow along with half of the stuff that's being, being said, but then again, people will say it's because you you're old. So <laughs> it doesn't, because you're older. And so you, you can't really, you're not in tune with the younger generation. It's like, no, 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 I'm, I still am. Yeah. It just, well, I have standards. Emotion, emotions, ageless. Emotions, know, that's right. Emotions is ageless, right? Yeah. Creativity, so you, ageless. If you, yeah, it's, you can create an instrumental piece. If it takes you somewhere, it makes you feel something. Yep. Then you've done a job, you done whether you're young or old. That's right. But. That's right. So, so Ben, for you, what what was the most impactful moment in your career? Uh, wow, that's a hard question. Um, well, you know in the beginning when you're um you're playing music and and you're you're making people feel something in the audience that was uh in the beginning that was about as good as it gets you know um people you're making people feel good um then as time goes on you have different milestones uh working with bill halverson was was uh, one of the highlights um getting to know him as a person um and the validation of bill liking what uh i was doing um and being willing to to uh help us and um And in in moving moving on, I guess uh, the realization that I actually had my own recording studio was was a mm-hmm. huge moment. And uh, being able to have uh, good friends and uh, talented friends that were willing to help me, um, you know, Sean and Io and Liesel and um, my friend Joe in Ohio, who has his own studio that was uh, sound tech for me for for a few years. Um, Joe was Joe was a huge help, especially as I was learning to record. Um, and uh, so, it, you know, it takes a village. I mean, I've, I've got some great friends and I couldn't have done it without them. No man's an island, you know, it's it's. Uh, I've had, I've had a lot of help, a lot of help. And, 
That's right. Well, I'm very thankful. Yeah, I, I think that is, I think that, that is a, I think that's a great realization that understanding that no man is an island to himself. We need other people. You know, I, I think everybody is so caught up on the, I did this by myself. Oh, well, wait a minute. Well, no, you didn't actually. Like, there's nobody on this earth who actually did something 100% by themselves that got them to a particular amount of success in, we'll say, in, in almost any field. You know, well, look at Elon Musk. Well, he didn't do it by himself. Look at Bill no. Gates. He didn't do it by himself. Steve Jobs, he still, still, he still didn't do it by himself, right? No. When Bill Gates started, he had a collection of people that were with him that started Microsoft. Yeah, he may have come up with the idea in his garage, but the execution of it was not all just on Bill Gates' shoulder. And so we need people, right? We need other people to come alongside us to, to help us. Uh, maybe somebody has a connection. Maybe somebody could open up a door that we couldn't. They can get into a room that we can't. Uh, they have a particular skill that we don't have. And we need those other people to help us with those. That in turn helps us to build those things so that we can help others with those things that they may not have. I mean, it's it's... I tell people that all the time. Well, I did this by myself. Well, no, you didn't. Trust me. I'm... No, we're none of us. None of us. None of us. That's right. None of us. So, so, uh, so Ben. So for you. So my my last question. We've been talking for for a while. Uh, so the last question I have for you. Well, this is almost the last question. Is uh, let me make sure. I look at my notes. It almost left my head. <laughs> what advice would you ha would you give or? Have for anybody looking to get into this into this music industry. Yeah, that's a great question. So, uh, uh, like we talked about, um, do your research first. Um, your your li the likelihood of you uh, getting signed by a label is vastly reduced from years ago. So define what you're trying to do. If you're a songwriter, I, I actually got asked that uh, question today from a songwriter. He said, uh, he asked me, um, uh, asked me what I'm doing. And I said, well, uh, I'm, you know, writing, producing music. He says, uh, for money, I said, uh, well, <laughs> for money, what, uh, for money, uh, not necessarily. He says, well, I want to make money. I said, well, so I ended up talking to him for another 30 minutes, but one of the things that I told him was, um, research making music now, uh, and one of the things that I told him was start a YouTube channel, learn music production, learn to produce your own music. Um, so the most important thing is the song. So if you're start, if you're starting again in the music business, whether you're a guitar player, whether you're a singer, whether you're just a, um, you just write lyrics, write the best songs you can, 
collaborate with other people, find the best musicians, find the best people in your area and try to work with them, asking for help. Most everybody is willing to help you if you are humble. And uh, um, that's the key. You got to be humble. I was going to say that's the key. That's even if you're, even if you're, even if you're, you've accomplished a lot of things, you know, just the most talented, you will find the most talented people are always insecure, humble people, not really caught up in their own fame or abilities. You know, they're, you know, they're, they're just really talented people and, 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 and in almost every instance, the most talented people are just down to earth, humble people. That's right. And um, so research, making music in today's uh, market, it's totally different. Most of it's online, like we talked about. Um, build a channel, takes time. But focus on the song. Um it's really, it's, it's not simple, but it is almost that simple. It's, you just got to have great, you just got to have great material. It's, it's great to make it Come, and be honest enough with yourself to compare it with other material that's out there. That is good. Ask your friends, you know, don't ask your, don't ask your parents. They're, <laughs> they're probably not going to give you an honest answer. Right. Uh, get some ob objective uh, feedback on your, on your stuff. That's right. Uh, come ask, come ask me. I'll, yeah. I will give you, oh man, come here. But two, th <laughs> two things, if you work harder than anybody else and you're humble, you're going to be successful. That's right. If you have talent, mm. but there's a lot of talent, but a lot of talented people don't want to, number one, they don't want to work hard. And um, number two, they're not humble. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So. And I know a lot of those, a lot of talented people, and a lot of talented people who don't really want to work hard. In a way, no, 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 I don't want to do any shows. Yeah. Or no, 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 I can't go do that. Like, well, wait a minute. Well, why do you think you're too good to go do that? Like, you're going to need to go do that. Come on, let's go. Well, I, I don't want to do that. Okay. So, yeah. So, Ben, tell us um, how people can connect with you and where they can find your body of work. Well, thank you, Brian. That's a good question. <laughs> uh, I'm on all the streaming uh, platforms. Uh, I'm on YouTube, Ben Brooks Belcher, uh, Spotify, Ben Brooks Belcher, Reverb Nation iTunes, um, Apple Music. Uh, it's it's a, a Pandora. Visit my Pandora channel. Um, hope to play some shows in the fall in some listening rooms. Mm -hmm. But right now, I'm I'm just I'm uh, I'm on this new project and I want to get it done, and then we'll uh, we'll see about that. That's, that sounds perfect. Well, I can't wait until I hear and for everyone else to hear the new body of work that you're working on. Whenever it's, it's released, probably in 2023 sometime. 
but looking forward to it. Uh, I definitely enjoyed listening to Live at the Shack. Uh, like I said, I am a music connoisseur. I listen to to every everything, even if it's not something I normally listen to. So I'm always appreciative of, of new music, uh, new ways of listening to music as far as just the different styles, different levels of creativity. Uh, and so, so Ben, it's, it's been a pleasure uh, getting to know you, getting to learn more about your music, learning more about you and uh, just what you are, are doing within this in this music music world. And of course, you live in Atlanta. Uh, so one of these days, we may need to meet up for some coffee, for lunch, or whatever it may be. Uh, Absolutely. Pe people know I am, I, am a, I am always interested in building relationships uh, with, with others and being just a platform for others as well. So, uh, Well, you need so, to come by the studio. For sure. I, hang out. Just hang out. We'll, absolutely. you know. Absolutely. Just, just let me know when. I'm always, I'm always ready and available and to make opportunities happen. So, all right, cool. So, so Ben, if you wouldn't mind hanging around for just one second while I close this out. Sure. Perfect. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. You know, once again, I am very thankful for Ben. Book. Uh, I got to make sure I talk where I haven't had water in a, in a minute. Ben Brooks Belcher. Right. Make sure you check out his music. Make sure you support. I love that it's consistent. Right. It's Ben Brooks Belcher everywhere. It's not Ben Belcher and then Ben B. Bel it's, so you, it's easily findable. Right. A lot of people don't really have the consistency like that. But anyway, I'm not going to get on that on that topic. But check out his music. Make sure to support him and his endeavors. Make sure to check out the new album live at the shack. Uh, and you will be pleasantly surprised at the talent and the gift that he has as a single songwriter and uh, as a musician. Uh, so ladies and gentlemen, once again, thank you very much for tuning in. Once again, you can catch us every Monday and every Thursday at 7 p.m. live right here on We Create Music TV, where we do our music interview segments. You can learn a lot from people who are right in positions where you are and also from people who have been in the industry for a long time. This is where you get gems. This is where you get all the nuggets, the tools, resources to be successful. Uh, once again, thank you very much for tuning in. Check out our other content. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a like. Share the content. Do all that good stuff. All right? Support We Create Music TV. So we got a lot of other things coming for the music community and creators. Thanks for being here. Peace.